You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Labine, only on the BetQL Network. Hey everyone, Jake Noerker here with Tapped Out on the BetQL Network. Today, I got one of my favorite people on Twitter in the world, someone who really, probably more than anyone, taught me about betting and handicapping. Uh, introducing my buddy, Donnie, at iFucks with MMA. Donnie, what's up, my man? Hey, buddy, how you doing, man? Happy belated 4th of July to everyone out there. And uh, yeah, dude. Ready to uh to get you know get going. Look at this card coming up on Saturday. I like I like it, man. It's, it may not be on paper what we were what we're used to last card, but it's a good, I think it's a good card. Dude, I think it's a great fight night. UFC Vegas 58, Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fiziv. Rafael Fiziv, everybody knows my favorite fighter in the UFC. So that's gonna be a line I want to watch. And we'll start there. We're going to talk our early leans for the card. Donnie's the betting master. This is the way to go if you're watching this video. So we'll go down the order of my picks, and we'll just see what Donnie has to say about them. Um, first up, as I said, starting with the main event, I got RDA at plus 185. There's a few reasons I have it. One, it's hard for me to be, uh, bet against RDA, especially a guy who's coming in with his first fight against someone top 10. I also think RDA is extremely durable. This is Fazeev's first time that he's probably going to go five rounds. Um, and you know, more than anyone, I have a thing that I call heart insurance. My favorite fighter is Fazeev. If Fazeev loses, I'm going to be upset. So why not throw some money on the opposite side of Fazeev on RDA? So that way I'm a little happy either way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough fight for Fazeev. It's going to be a tough fight for RDA. You know, RDA hasn't been knocked out since 2016. Um, you know, but let's, let's be honest a little bit. Like, RDA, this guy has always been that guy that would fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. I mean, this guy, you know, his loss is up there at 170 to Colby Covington, Usman, Leon Edwards. You know, the Kiesa one was, you know, whatever. Kiesa was, you know, looked like a light heavyweight compared to him. But <laughs> this guy's only lost to the top guys in the world. I mean, literally. I mean, you know, earlier in his career, you know, Jeremy Stevens, guy with the most losses in UFC history. Did, you know, decapitate him with an uppercut. But, <laughs> uh, you know, this is going to be a tough fight for him. And I do have some concerns with him, you know, going later in fights that we're going to talk about. So, yeah, I, I do have some concern, concerns there with his views. Um, RDA, you know what you're going to get from RDA. You know, he loses to bet the guys that are better wrestlers than him normally. You know, he's going to be the better wrestler here. Fazeev can be taken down. Fazeev hasn't really fought um, anywhere near a good, like, the wrestler or the, the grappler that RDA is. 
He was taken down by Riddell, which, you know, Riddell has good takedowns, but he's not RDA, and he's definitely not RDA on the ground, which obviously we saw this past weekend. Yeah, but, or against the cage. RDA is super dangerous on the cage, and I don't know if he's going to be able to take the yeah. pressure. Yeah, and the thing is, is that, I mean, look at the Bobby Green fight. You know, he kind of styled on Bobby the first two rounds, and then, you know, some people are arguing whether or not the third was a 10-8. Personally, I didn't think so, but because he did slow down in that third round. And RDA is going to want to keep keep constant pressure on Fazeev. You need to, you need to, like, get in close, you know, pressure him, try to, you know, don't stay at kicking range with this guy. You know, stuff the kicks, try to keep, you know, in close, keep the pressure, make him work early and often. You know, RDA has, you know, a wealth of experience. Um, I mean, he kind of got to the, back to the, you know, the top of 155, an easy route, in my opinion, fighting Felder and then, you know, fighting Moicano on short notice. But, you know, this is his last chance, his last run. He's talked about it. He's going to be as motivated as ever. You know, this fight is not short notice. This fight, they have been training, you know, three different training camps for each other. They, you know, Fazib, you know, he normally trains these, uh, the instructor, the Muay Thai instructor, uh, over at Tiger, you know, Tiger Muay Thai. This time he went back to Stanford MMA. We obviously know probably why, you know, worked with, you know, the great uh, wrestling coaches there and, and, you know, the great training partners there. So I think he's obviously went down there. Like he, his striking is on point, um, but, he, he, you know, he's going to want to work on his, on his takedown defense. If this fight stays standing, I do favor Fazeev to get the knockout. But I think we have to just look at this from a, from a standpoint of, like, what, what, like, what evidence do we have? Like, we have evidence that RDA is, is very durable. We have evidence that RDA can, can put the pressure on guys and has great cardio. Yes, he's getting up there in age, but this fight's going to finally, like, you know, it's, 155 is so frustrating. You have guys like Conor McGregor. But, you know, Tony Ferguson on a four-fight losing streak, even though he has, you know, he's lost some great guys, but these guys are still in the top ten. I mean, you know, the new guard, like Armin Sarukian. And, and we're going to, you know, maybe Fazeev, if he gets past RDA. But we're going to finally get, you know, some clarity coming up at 155. And hopefully it starts moving and, it, you know, starts with this fight. Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm i excited for this fight. It's a big test for Fazeev and essentially just the the up and comers of the division. You know, we saw Armand last week, in my opinion, get, or two weeks ago, get pretty robbed out of that fight. But um, uh, obviously, yeah. yeah. I mean, the judges scored that fight based on, I mean, he lost the fight based on the fourth round and he knocked, you know, he knocked him down, knocked Gamrock down in the fourth round. Yeah. He landed I mean, more in the fourth round and he knocked him down. I mean, that, it's just, you know, if the judges were more consistent as a better, you know, like, obviously I want consistency, you know, I try not, I, obviously I have my favorite fighters, but I try not to, I, I actually, I know I try, I don't bet with my heart. Like Jared Gordon, my, my good buddy. Right. I don't bet his fight. You know, like thing is I, I can never bet against them. And, you know, I just don't bet his fights because my heart is too invested. And so oh, and- I, I try to stay unbiased, obviously, but, you know, I didn't, and I really thought Sarukian was the wrong side at the odds. 
I thought Gamrot or or Pass was the, was the way to go. But Salukian won that fight. I mean, he he just did. And, yeah. Right, he was robbed. And then we go back to a fight like the Holly Holm fight. Um, you know, a few fight nights before that, and you know, and, you know, she she has the control time in that fight, but she loses. So it's just not consistency. You yeah, know, dude. Maybe- the the bad judging is a huge problem, and it's uh, it's it's hard for betters, especially because you have a bet go your way, and then you lose because three idiots don't know what they're doing. But that's a whole separate video. We could talk about that for four hours. You know, we will. We will say this: if you take away the numbered events, the underdog, outside of you know when it's gone to decision, the underdog has been winning lately. Yeah, you, know, you had Armin Sarukian go down to Gamrot by decision. You had Holly Holm go down to Vieira by decision. Uh, you had Qatar, who I thought beat Josh Emmett, go down by decision around you know in these around these same the same odds group. And then you had you know Volkov knocking out Rosenstrike, but you know as a favorite. But that fight didn't yeah. go to this fight goes to decision, man. Who the fuck knows what these judges are thinking? And you I think know? that's a fair point. Like that's just more more reason i think to side with us here in rda is the underdogs have been coming out on top in the main events with decisions throw some down on rda by decision i think we're in agreement there no i yeah i mean unless because you have really really gassed it hard and you know maybe rda can get him up but you know rda it seemed to me in that moicano fight he showed a little bit of compassion because yeah. he was moicano up and that was a beatdown. And then it did kind of worry me, and not worry me, but it, it is something to think about the shots that Makano was able to land. You know, Makano showed a lot of heart and physique fought him. Makano did have some success against physique early with the kicks and, and with that, you know, fighting at range. You know, he's a long guy, but physique was able to knock uh, Makano out cold. Um, quick. And, yeah, quick. Um, and, you know, Makano, he showed a lot of heart in that fight. But he did get his ass whipped, and I did think the fight could be stopped on a, on a couple of occasions. Yeah. But RDA did take some some big shots in that fight late, um, trying to show some compassion. Um, <laughs> he better not show any compassion here because he's you know going to catch a wheel kick to his dome if he does. I just wish we were getting. I, I do think there's there's value on RDA by decision, especially um, for sure. Um, you know me, I don't really generally like to pick props too often. It's hard enough picking sides in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, with Fazeev and all the hype, it would be awesome to get, you know, better odds. And yeah. so I'm just going to wait and see what happens uh, throughout the week. And, but, you know, with a lot of these fights, um, wait and see how the odds move. For sure, man. And, I mean, you know I hope that Fazeev catches him with a kick. I just don't think it's happening. So the RDA plus 185 money line right now, looking good. Um, want to move on here, talk about, I believe it's the first fight of the night, change it up a little bit, go from last to first. I think we both like our man, Ronnie Lawrence here. And I don't, I'm going to, you got some things to say here. Ronnie Lawrence is someone you put me onto, uh, probably a year ago or so. And I just think his striking is so crisp, so technical. I think at minus one thirty, he always comes in around like minus one twenty, minus one fifty, and he cashes. So well, give me, give me some thoughts there on Ronnie Lawrence. Man, this guy is, you know, most, you know, he's in, always in perpetual motion. You know, he's so well-rounded. Uh, he likes to, you know, he starts fights, you know, circling. He likes to circle the perimeter. So 
sometimes, you know, that could be an issue if guys cut the cage off properly uh, and can corner him against the cage. But he's always constantly moving, constantly. Mm-hmm. He is just movement, you know. And I, I love his circular movement. Uh, he's, you know, he goes right to left and left to right. He's just constantly moving. This guy is a, you know, a takedown machine. I mean, he, I, mean, I think he's landing like at, you know, 80 something, close to 90. I mean, he was at 90% on his takedowns. I mean, this guy, it's just, it's just incredible what he, I mean, and this is like the, a, a wave of, of fighters that long term I like to, I like to bet because. I know that they can go a hard 15 and just, they may not get that first takedown. They may not get the second. They may not get, but they are going to continually, you know, shoot for these takedowns. And he shoots takedowns, you know, he goes for high percentage takedowns. Um, He likes to use kicks, leg kicks. Uh, He'll go, you know, high, low, high, low. And he basically, he likes to bait you in. He likes to get you to overextend or when you throw, He's very good at going underneath, uh, running the pipe on a on single legs. I mean, he has body locks, and this guy doesn't even have a traditional wrestling background. He didn't wrestle in high school. He didn't wrestle in college. I mean, in, in his last three fights, twenty six takedowns. Now, a lot of people would say, you know, yeah, he, you know, he had twenty six takedowns, but guys got up twenty five times, and yeah, that's true. But I mean, and, you know, he his top control. He can, he, that's something he can work on is his top control. But, you know, he he's very good at the at mat returning you. He's very good. I mean, and on the feet, he can handle his own. Yeah, I've seen him do good work on the feet. And that's before I started studying the guy, I thought he was a striker to find out that his main thing's grappling. I was like, oh, interesting. And then you mentioned the 26 takedowns. Absolutely. The thing about guys like that, even if they don't have the top control, they're grinders. And grinders win fights because the judges love that shit. And the opponents hate that shit. So, like, Ronnie Lawrence is someone that he's not only a grinder, who is someone I like to bet on anyways, but he's technical and he's smart. So I think he's a very dangerous fighter. Oh, he's very technical. And the thing is, is that, yeah, he lost a fight early in his career to Steve Garcia and Bellator. But the thing is, is that it was early. You know, he's, he's getting better and better. And he's still new to this game. But the guy, you know, he's just relentless. And what I like, you know, as a better, I didn't, you know, I was a little nervous, obviously. But in his right. last fight against Amanda Martinez, we did see him clipped in that third round. Uh, you know, it was a spinning back fist. And he tried to get up and got rocked. But he immediately got the takedown. You know, Amanda um, Martinez was working from submit for submissions from his back. But we got to see the guy overcome adversity. Mm-hmm. And, you know. That's something that, you know, it's it's one thing. I mean, you're not always going to be able to go out here and be, and blow these high level, uh, you know, the best fighters in the world out. You know, things happen. Anything can happen in that cage. He showed he has a good chin. He showed that that you know he can come back from adversity and stay the course. And you know, he has a very fight, a high fight IQ. And he, he, you know, I just I just love you know his 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 tenacity. Um, I love the kicks. I love the movement. I mean, the, he's very hard to track down. And, you know, like I said, he shoots high, high percentage takedowns. Yeah, so, and he's only coming in at minus 130. So that is definitely a single to hit for the people watching. Um, it's, it's obviously, I think that's because people are, are high on um, 
Kakrakrakmanov. What a name. Yeah, Kakrakmanov. They're they're high on him too, you know. Um he's a good he's a good fighter. Um I think that you need if people are are leaning that side, I would definitely wait until the weigh-ins. Um, you know, he fought you know his losses, I mean he was knocked out unconscious by a flying knee from Pipe Vargas, which uh, not a great look, but <laughs> and that was actually you know not 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 ancient history. Uh, it was, I mean, neither one of these guys. That's that's one issue I do have is neither one of these guys are you know extremely active. I mean, you know, you know Ryan Lawrence went three years in between fights. Um, then he didn't you know he didn't fight from 2018 I believe until 2021. He only had one fight in, or one fight. Maybe he had I think he had one or two fights in 2021 one fight in 2022 so far earlier this year and then it was I was very impressed with, with Rachmanov in his debut um obviously I, I, I we were seeing vulnerabilities that that can be exploited in this fight like, you know when he fought Trevin Jones he fought Trevin Jones on four days notice yeah. um and Trevin had shown that Rachmanov can be controlled Umar showed this obviously but can't hold him hold against him losing to one of his losses being that Umar Namaga made off in PFL. You can't hold yeah. that against him. No. And I, yeah. I just think I just think this is a line that's that's off. And I think people have a chance to capitalize it. I think Ronnie should be a minus one seventy, minus one eighty. I think he's gonna end up closing almost around a pick him. So I, I I think it's worth paying attention to the lines in this fight. I do want to switch right. it up for a second. I want to talk about the ladies. Um just because this is a fight. This is a fight I, I, I like I like a line here. Um, Cynthia Cavillo comes in minus 145. And that was a couple of days ago and it looked. It might have changed a little bit, but she's fighting Nina Nunez. The reason I like Cynthia so much here is not because of Cynthia. It is because of Nina Nunez. I'm a big fan of Nina Nunez. I love her and Amanda. I love the family. I love them on Tough this season. But watching Nina's last fight against Mackenzie Dern, of course it's Mackenzie Dern, but... Nunes looked lost, and I, th- I don't know if fighting is going to work out post-baby for her. I, I have a feeling that pregnancy took a lot out of her, and, and I could be completely wrong for saying that, but that's just what it looked like in the last fight. Um, it, it, it wasn't like Mackenzie Dern came in there and dominated her. She had an easy time with her, and it was because I, I thought she gave up a little bit, or I thought she gassed, or I thought she didn't think she had it anymore. So that's pretty much what I'm betting against here. I'm betting against... Or I'm betting on Cynthia being the younger fighter. I'm betting on her looking better recently. Even against her loss against Andrea Lee, she had her moments. I just don't think Nina Nunez, I don't know if she has it anymore or if she's going to be successful anymore at this high level, but I think at minus 145, it's worth taking a shot against her. Okay. Now, you did talk about quitting, but hey, Cynthia Calvillo, she may have done the same thing in her last fight, you know, so. True. Too shy. She did quit on the. She did quit on the stool. On the but, stool. Yeah. You know, listen, this is low-level women's MMA. I'll never. I'll never knock anyone for. I mean, at this point, I do think it's low-level women's MMA. For sure. Because I, I, I have to question right now, Cynthia Calvillo. And an important thing to note: this is up at 125. Um, Nina Nunez. You know, she hasn't fought at 125 in years. I mean, she's been a pro since like 2010. Um, so she's been in the game a long time. Obviously, she's had 
extended layoff. Um, you know, her wife is, you know, a multimillionaire. Um, so what is Nina fighting for here is, is a big question of mine. Is she, is she, what does she have to prove? Um, you know, she did go on that, on that really good run beating Angela Hill. Um, she, you know, she went on a three fight win, winning streak. She's, you know, very good kickboxer. Um, but what, what, what concerned me with, with Nina in her last fight against Mackenzie Dern was I mean, on the ground, Dern is the best, best female in the UFC, you know, in the history of the UFC, probably. But what concerned me was, was actually the striking. I think, I think Dern was able to bully her a bit. And um, Nina, was, Nina is, a, is a great kickboxer, but she was moving back, backwards in a straight line with her chin straight in the air. She was getting clipped with hard shots. I think, I think Dern would have won that fight on the feet. And and I, I probably I might not have said that going into the fight. I think she would have won that fight on the feet. I mean, she was clipping her with, with hard shots. But but Nina Nunes does have one of the best jiu-jitsu coaches, Palupa, um, or you know from ATT. Uh, he she does have one of the best jiu-jitsu coaches. She has one of the best training partners. Um, and so there's just so like my problem with betting this fight is there's just and obviously, I think it's dog or pass. You know? Like I, I would, I mean, I, I mean, that's just my opinion going into because I just have so many question marks about Cynthia Calvillo. But I, I honestly think this is just a fight that you should totally avoid. That's just my opinion. No, have- I, I figured you wouldn't like this play of mine, and it will not be a large play. I can tell you that right now. I don't like to bet what I consider as low level women's MMA at all. I'm just betting a small bit here that I think one of these is low level and the other one's not quite there yet, if that makes sense. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advertising people. I'm not broadcasting no, no, to people to bet this. You know? that, that, yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that I get, I, I can get the Cavio side because I think that it's closer on the feet than it is on the mat. Cavio has a, especially if she's on top, obviously she has a much, much larger, you know, a very, big advantage if it goes to the mat mm-hmm. and on the feet it's it's much closer so i can definitely see that angle i just have question marks on both fire both both sides where's pithia cabello's confidence at you know losing three three fights in a row i mean she started her ufc career what five and one something like that mm-hmm. i mean now she lost three in a row um i just really have to question where her where her confidence is but the same can be said for nina um nina is you know she she did her I think the best best job she could defending um, on the ground against Nunez. She stayed safe for a while. She stayed patient. It's just you know one she she had to she had like twenty seconds to bet it out, but to you know, try to stay extremely still and against Mackenzie Dern can't do know, that. One small movement and she it's over. Prior for that armbar, it's it's done. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I like your advice here more than I like my advice, dog or pass. Um, I still might play a little bit on Cynthia, but I think what you said, a lot of what you said makes sense to the viewers. This might not be worth but, one to hit. But more so pass. Pass. Yeah. Don't touch this fight. Pass. That's, that's where I was getting. This I mean, is yeah, not... I think, I think, I think this, is, this is a fight that we're going to gain, you know, information from if, you know, if it's not a smoke break fight, but you know, you know, 
go hit the joint, you know, whatever. But yeah, this may this may just be. Um, I mean, I enjoy watching both fights, so I think it's going to be a good fight, a good scrap. You know, Nina's going to be, conf- you know, not confident, excuse me, but she's going to be motivated at least, and hopefully, 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 and we'll see, we'll see. But personally, well, I just this is this fight's a pass. I I kind of agree. So let's talk about an exciting fight. My I don't know about the fight I'm looking forward to most, but I think this play is the safest I'm going to talk about. And I think it's a beautiful parlay piece. Jamie Malarkey, minus 230. I do not see this man losing to Michael Johnson. I think he could get pieced up a little bit in the first round here and there. I think Michael Johnson could throw some flave at him, but come on, man. Jamie Malarkey's an animal. That chin's kind of crazy. Those fists are even crazier. And I think there's a, what, eight-year age difference right there? We know how we feel about that. We're running out of time here a little bit, so give me a quicker recap on uh, your Jamie Malarkey thoughts. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Man, you know, Malarkey, the guy has a chin. Um, he does take punishment. Um, Michael Johnson, he may have the weirdest UFC career I've ever seen in that, you know, the wins that he has, you know, Tony Ferguson, I mean, but he's fought the Hoos or the Khabibs, you know, he won he beat Barboza, but then this guy will go out and lose to, I mean, you cannot trust Michael Johnson. My only problem with Malarkey is that he was knocked out viciously. Um, I mean, he, you know, he, he was, he, he tried to hang in there. Who was that? Jalen Turner? Yeah. yeah. And so of course, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that the opponent, but my, my only issue is that Michael Johnson, you know, he fought a quitter in his last fight and who I think should have been cut, but that's, that's another story. But Michael Johnson, he can surprise you. He has very fast hands, um, very quick. But this guy is a constant, you know, winning until he's losing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Josh Emmett fight. I mean, you know, look at the Tiago Moises fight. He's, you know, always winning until he's losing. Um, yeah. But my only problem is Malarkey coming back too soon. You know, coming back so soon from a knockout loss. That's my only issue. What was that back in, you know? That was uh, February? 
I think that was 2022. Yeah, that was uh, March 5th, 2022. March, the March, yeah. So what? Three months, four months, something like that. Yeah, so that's that's a little that's soon. Kind of, that's that's my issue. I think that's um that's the kind of knocked out, you know, nine to twelve months to be honest mm-hmm. with you, at least at least six. I mean, but that's my only issue is that you don't know what Michael Johnson. You can't bet Michael Johnson in this fight. Um, but you I can mean, be afraid to bet against him, possibly, depending what version shows yeah. up. I just fear yeah, at 36 years yeah. old. Yeah, does is that version of Michael Johnson going to come back at 36 years old? I don't know. You know Malarkey, but but Mar- you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, he looked good in his last fight, but Alan Patrick is a complete fraud. Um, yeah. Went against Mason Jones, took the way out, then they rescheduled it and. Didn't want to come back. You know, he is training with Oliveira, but did that help in his last fight? With You know, training with Dubronx. You know, no, I, uh, right now I think he's just, you know, um, Dubronx's hanger on. I think he's more of a, you know, a groupie for Dubronx, you know, dyeing his hair blonde. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. With that little blonde goatee. Honestly, it looks like he ate a llama's asshole, but, you know, <laughs> uh, it's just, you know. No, I, I agree with your critique there that there's some potential risk, but. Ah, yeah, I mean, Malarkey Johnson's is just very, Malarkey is very hittable. <laughs> what do you know? He fought Brad Riddell, he dropped Brad Riddell, he went to a fight of the night with him. I mean, I, he, but yeah, he has been knocked out three times. Um, the other two times were at 145, so that may have been just cutting too much weight, which mm-hmm. I think it was. Um, which how the fuck did he get to 145? But right, um, craziness. But yeah, Listen. I mean, this is just going to be a fight I'm going to enjoy either way because I do think that Malarkey is going to make Michael Johnson fight. Mm-hmm. And we've seen what Michael Johnson can do when he's forced to fight on the feet. I mean, so, you know, he he gets clipped and or he gets hit to the body a lot of times so cold before he gets knocked out cold. Yeah, he, he bites down. And speaking of 4th of July, yeah, this fight's – there's fireworks coming from this fight 100%. That's the style. Um yeah. I only have three minutes left. I only have three minutes left. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. My main concern, like I said, against Malarkey, with Malarkey, is just, you know, how hittable he is and it's coming back too soon from the knockout loss. But you can never have confidence in Michael Johnson. Yeah. Um, so I was just saying, we have like two, three minutes left before Zoom kicks me off because I'm too cheap to pay for the pro version. Um, so let's just talk about this last fight I have written down for like one minute. And it's one that, uh, you know, Jared Vendera at minus 180 over Chase Sherman. I, both these guys, man, it's, it's just nonsense watching them in the octagon. I told myself I'd never bet Vendera again after he gave up that win to Olenek last time out because I lost money and I was salty. But what, what has Chase Sherman ever showed me to want to put money against him or not put money against him? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he has, he has decent footwork, uh, moves decent for a heavyweight, but He's a gasser. Vandera is at least going to fight for your money. Um, you know, his last fight, terrible fight IQ. I mean, <laughs> you know, he is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but there's levels to this. Olenek's been doing this for 75 years. You know, has 126 submissions. Just kidding, but, you know. Close to it. Yeah. I'm not far off. Um, you know, I think he just hit his 60th win on Olenek. But, you know, both have been subbed by Olenek, I believe. No, excuse me. But anyways. Poor fight IQ, but I, I expect Chase Sherman to gas out and get submitted. He's been submitted in his last two fights. And mm-hmm. I saw one line from plus 5'10". Um, Disgusting. Vandera, five submission. 
So I would look at the submission odds. Um, with you, you have that, uh, which would be a little bit, I'd be a little bit nerve wracked um, because this fight could go to decision as well. Um, but Chase Sherman is just, the, you know, if he gets caught in a bad position on the ground, he's going to get subbed or clubbed. So It's over. I agree, man. I think it's Vendera pass. We're going to get kicked off of this for one second. So I do want to thank you for coming out, man. Everybody can go follow this guy, Donnie, at iFucks with an X MMA. iFucks with MMA on Twitter. I'll link it below, too. I probably screwed that up. But, Donnie, thank you, my man. Thanks, buddy. Y'all have a good one. I'll catch you, bro.